and welcome to our podcast series. I'm your host Natalia and we're in conversation with Pastor Jeremy. Last time we spoke about personal reflection. I hope that helped you gauge where you're at and where you'd like to see yourself in the next year. So Pastor Jeremy, take us through the second one. How does one make a resolution and keep it? Thank you, Nat. Good to be back here with you on this podcast. We're really wanting to help our listeners really work through what you want to change in your life. we talk about change every year we want to see differences every year but we just land up at the end of every year feeling the same way and then we make these new year resolutions because we like new beginnings we like mondays we like the start of a new year at school we like a new book or a new notebook we just like that smell and the sound and the feel of a new beginning and we have so much hope in it but without a plan that hope soon dies and we land up with regrets rather than resolutions fulfilled so as we look at these three i want us to think deeply about how we will end 2024 successfully so that when we are doing reflection for 2024 we are in a better place than we were this year reflection is what we looked at last time and then we got resolve resolve and the third one is reboot and i want to do that in the next podcast today let's look at resolve resolve comes from the word resolution or our new beginnings or deciding to stick to something being determined about a decision i have resolved to do this or to be this i am going to keep my resolve you know that sense of i have made up my mind about it it is not just a decision for a moment it's a decision for a period of time and that's harder isn't it if we decide to go to the mall that decision is done right there you get up and you go and the decision is done but what if it was something you had to do day in day out for a period of time that takes a little bit more out of you isn't it and let me tell you what the real reason why we all fail or fall off the wagon when it comes to resolves when it comes to things we have decided to do it's our emotions our emotions are our biggest enemy our emotions are all over the place our emotions are changing from morning till night from monday to friday we are all over the place and we give ourselves and our emotions so much credence that we don't want to fail them we don't want to feel like we haven't loved ourselves by giving ourselves what we are feeling like so that's usually the reason why i don't go to gym or i don't eat right or i don't pick up my bible and read it or i don't keep my word to god about my appointment with him in the day or i don't keep my word to my family members or my colleagues or my friends and keep my word it's why i cancel 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 the hundreds of times we have canceled why didn't feel like it we didn't feel like it life isn't going to happen we're not going to make life happen if we just kept doing the things we feel like doing now if it works out that you also feel like doing it that's great that's fantastic but for the most part we are going to experience not really feeling like doing something which is where resolve comes into play i have resolved i have resolved so resolve has to rise above me it's for me but it has to rise above me it has to be me taking charge of me me showing up for me you hear all these phrases in modern a uh, motivation on instagram and all over the place I have to show up for me every day I have to do this I have to do that and um it's it's all self talk it's good talk but i want to talk about spiritual life and why that's even harder because in your regular life emotional life mental and physical life it's just you 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 are the challenge you are the hurdle it's your mind blocks it's your feelings but when it comes to spiritual life you have an enemy you have 
three big enemies, actually. You've got the flesh, you've got the devil, and you've got the world. The world and its systems and its colors and its attractions. So even more so, a believer must resolve to walk steady, walk strong, and move forward with that. So which is why I would say that the why is much more important than the what. When you're making a resolve, the why is much more important than the what. Again, not new news to you, but let's talk about it. Because in the moment that you are considering giving up or letting go, or you forget, the why is what you need to go back to. Not what do I need to do today, but why do I need to do that today? Why must that be done today? Why must I stay up to make it happen? Why must I go the extra mile to make it happen? Why must I cancel something else or say no to something else to make it happen? So resolutions, resolutions are wonderful in and of themselves. But when resolutions has taken on flesh, when it has hit the ground running, when it has gained momentum, it's called a habit. So what we're really talking about is habit building. And when we make habits or when we build habits, our body is our vehicle, right? Like, let's say you want to build an emotional habit, but your body needs to play along. Let's say you want to have a spiritual habit, but your body needs to play along. Your body needs to pick up the Bible. Your eyes need to read. Sometimes I don't feel like reading after six or seven o'clock in the evening. You get what I'm saying? So our body needs to play along, which means our habit formation usually involves a disciplining of the body first, disciplining of the emotions, and then of course, everything else comes in play. So let me take you to an example we always go back to in the Bible about Paul. Paul was a very, very disciplined man, the Apostle Paul. And in regard to his spiritual life, he said this thing. He said one thing, this one thing I go after, this one thing I'm resolved to do. And then he puts two aspects to it. He says, number one, forgetting what lies behind, forgetting what lies behind. And the second aspect, this is focusing on or yearning for or reaching out for what lies ahead. So the forgetting and the reaching out are two very important aspects of the why. Why am I doing this? I'm doing this because at the end of 24, I want to be spiritually alive. I want to be spiritually strong. I don't want to just feel like I'm close to God. I want to know I'm close to God. I don't want to just feel like I'm being blessed or that I'm I'm living in the center of his will. I want to know. I want to see the outcome. I want to see the effects of that. So the what is pretty easy. The what is so evident. The what is preached every Sunday. The what is talked about in home group and study group and small group and care group. Constantly the what, but the why, you have to decide. I have to decide the why. Why do I want to do this? And the why is what is going to get you through those few moments of indiscipline, those difficult times. Now it's tough for me as well. So I speak from a place of weakness, of humility. I have not accomplished a lot of things in my life that I would have. This coming year also, I am even looking at all these matters so that I might win first and I might be an example to others. Even in the smallest goals, in coffee, I want to give up coffee. I want to have just one coffee a day. or I want to have coffee without sugar. I remember when I put my mind to that and I decided on the 1st of October last year, 2022, I decided no more sugar. And I went straight for that. Sometimes you want to set limits in your life, limits on Instagram, limits on scrolling, limits on social media, limits on Uh, screen time, limits on talking, just nonsense or just, you know, just socializing with people. You want to, sometimes you just want to slow down, etc. You start small, but your reason is always the overdriving purpose. Why the why? If you're going to succeed, there's going to have to be a pinpoint focus. This is what I want to do. And this is why. That's how it's going to be sustainable. And today I want to talk about prayer. Because prayer or our spiritual life is what is really hard 
in coming by. You could give up coffee. You can give up smoking. You can give up, you know, wasting time. You can give up scrolling. You can give up a lot of things. There's, these are physical habits and you can set a habit, you can win. And all the best with that. But spiritual life, somebody actually wants you to lose. Somebody is waking up before you and ensuring that every temptation is thrown in front of you so that you may lose. Now, when you know that there are people out to get you, what do you do? Do you sit and whine about it? Or do you battle up? Do you lawyer up? Do you train? Do you strengthen yourself up? Right? So if I'm going to get my spiritual life in order, these are the four Ps I want to see in my prayer. I want to have a time of prayer. I want to praise in my prayer. I want to petition in my prayer. And I want power through my prayer. These are the things that are going to change. This is why I'm praying. I'm praying because this is a battleground and prayer is a weapon. So number one is prayer itself, the reason for prayer itself. Number two, praise is my declaration of victory. People think they need to praise after God has answered a prayer. People think they need to praise after a victory is won. No, you praise your way into victory. Praise is the weapon with which you walk into prayer. Prayer is the, a God-given connection to him, God-given connection to his power. So when you think about prayer, it's not just about talking to God, being friends with God, communicating with God, getting stuff off your chest. All that is there. I'm not knocking that. But prayer for the most part is doing life with God so that your spiritual life is a victory. So number one, prayer. Number two, praise. And we will talk about this throughout the coming year. So praise, how do I praise as a weapon? How do I praise as a forefront, as a pioneering battlefront to move into new territory? How do I petition? The third one is petition. Petitions are taking things that you really need and putting it on the specific things that you really need and putting it in front of God and saying, Lord, I need this. If it's your will, give it to me. Lord, I need this for the battle. Lord, I need this for my relationships. Oh, I need it. So there's petition. And then lastly, I can't do this on my own. I cannot do this on mine. This is a spiritual life. I am just a physical guy. I need you. I need your strength. So if I'm going to love this person, if I'm going to forgive this person, if I'm going to show grace in this area, if I'm going to, you know, win over Satan this time, if I'm going to win over the, I need your power. Prayer must result in power in our life. So a man who prays in private is powerful in public. A man who prays in public is usually powerless in his private life. So prayer is the weapon Praise is the ammunition. Petition is the specificity of your prayers. Power is the resultant work of God in dealing with you. Even though I've circled around concepts, I hope I've been practical enough because here's what you need to do. You've got to break it down to being that simple. Number one, it's got to be a habit. What is your body going to have to do about it? What is your brain going to have to do about it? How are you going to have to feel about it? And then what is the spiritual reason? So having started with the why, you go into the what. The what is, okay, I'm going to pray every day for 20 minutes. So I'm going to pray every day for 10 minutes for the foreseeable future. If it's going to be a habit, it's going to be 21 days just to form the habit. From 21 days all the way to 46 days is when the habit is consolidated, established. So there is no missing it. There is no, no matter what you do, there's no missing it in the first 21 days. And then there is the next one up to 52. And then from there onwards, you've got yourself into a, a momentum. You're able to take it down. The second thing you want to do is write it down. Write down the why, write down the what. Put it somewhere you can see it every day. Put it at least for the first two, three weeks, you can see it every day. Number three is review the benefits constantly. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Okay, if I didn't have sugar in my body, this is what happens. 
insulin is not produced. If insulin is not produced, then fat burns. Okay, great. That's one area. I think. Now, if I don't put extra information into my mind, then I don't have to overload my mind with sensory overload. And then I don't have to deal with all the other emotions that come up with that. I leave my mind open and clear to be able to think through in a focused way on what it, what matters to me. How do I dismiss things that stress me out? How do I identify things that stress me out? So you write it down and then you review what the benefits are. What is the benefit of praying every day? What is the benefit of reading the Bible every day? If I read a chapter, two chapters, three chapters, every single day, not will I enjoy it. This is not entertainment. How will I benefit from it? So when you when you take vitamins one, two days, three days in a row, you're not going to see any difference. You know that, okay? This is normal talk. But you know in your heart that if you took it every day for three months, that's when you're going to see a difference. You took it every day for six months, that's when it's going to make a difference. You know, some of you homeopathic fans, you know, you know that it's going to take a while. So anything good is going to take a while. And that's the hardest thing. How do you keep at it? How do you stick to your resolve? How do you ensure that you uh, your resolve hangs in there? Is you review the benefit, review the benefit, review the why, go back to the why. And lastly, you win in private. You win in private. You just firstly and foremostly accomplish something for yourself alone, on your own, in private. The more you tell others, the more you brag about it, the more you put it out in social media, the sooner you're going to fail. Because everybody loves to hold you accountable so that they can deflect what they're running from, so that they can deflect their own failures. Everybody wants to hold you accountable. The more they see you failing, the better they feel about themselves. I know that's a very negative view of things, but isn't that your experience? So level up in private, get your win in private, come out into the public with abs, if you know what I mean, to use a phrase, that's never going to happen with me, but to use a phrase, you come out in summer with, you know, looking good, you know, work through the winter, come out in summer looking good. That's the idea here. So number one, decide that you're going to stick to something for 21 days, write it down, put that writing up somewhere you can see it, review the benefits on a daily basis, not just before giving up, but constantly, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why? One of my goals is physical. So I keep telling myself, I have no more important thing to do this year than to et cetera, et cetera. You get what I'm saying? I keep saying that over and over and over again. Every time I don't feel like it, or I, I just tell myself, I have no more important thing to do in this year than to do this, this, this. This is the most important thing to me. And I keep him reminding myself. And finally, I don't talk about it with everybody. I don't make it public. It's You do have to share it with one or two or three people who are involved in your life that will make it happen and help you to make it happen, especially people who are depending on you. But that's the end, okay? And last but not least, let me tell you, Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Don't start your year with four, five, six, ten resolutions. You're not going to get anything done. Have one thing you want to do this year. Okay, bring in, bring in a new one in February. Bring in a new one in March. But have one thing you're going to do this year. One in each area of your life. You have your social life. You have your financial life. You have your physical, personal physical life. You have your spiritual slash mental life. Have one goal in each and nail it. Get to your third, fourth month and do well. And then introduce a new goal. Because nothing is better than a new goal on the heels of a goal you have just won. That's my little bit of encouragement to you as you take on the second step of resolution. The first one is reflect. The second one is resolve. Live on resolutions, not on feelings. Don't live on feelings. Don't live on responses and, you know, and reactions. Don't live... As a reaction, don't let your life be a reaction to 
everything is happening. You resolve and move forward with power and might. God's on your side. You know, the church is on your side. Your family is with you. You are loved more than you're hated. You have more than you don't have. You've got to count your blessings, to be simple about it, and move forward with confidence. Stop focusing on that one thing that isn't working right or that you've given up. Nail it. Just get up every morning and say thank you. You don't know what you're thankful for. Start with saying thank you and then think about what you're thankful for and take it from there. All right? Write to me. Leave me a text. Leave me a comment. Get back to me about what you think about this and how you think it's either helping or not helping. Anything you might want to add because the cumulative knowledge of everyone here will be the benefit of all. So see you in the next podcast. And uh, thanks, Nat, for taking us through this. Yeah, I love the practicality of this podcast. Understanding the why, defining the what, writing it down, reviewing the benefits, keeping it simple. All of it is so important. And yeah, I hope that we all go through this and keep our resolutions realistic, sustainable and simple. Next time we talk about rebooting the third podcast and we'll see you in the next episode.